0: elegant weapon for the more
1: civilized age.
0: Well, they tell me about the pie up in the sky, waiting for me. episode 112 of drunk on comics it's bicks versus bottles it's blunts versus booze it's hops versus hemp livers versus lungs it's an elegant weapon and a drunk on comics cross pod reunion what's up buddy
1: not too much my name is the jedi ross kids and you must excuse me while i flick my bic
0: how are you sir Good, but you must excuse me while I pop my top.
1: Well played, sir.
0: Yeah, so for uh, for for listeners of ours that somehow haven't heard about you, um, well, and my name's Derek, uh, and Jay, from an elegant weapon, uh, the Jedi Ross, has been a, a originally a listener, then a. a an associate acquaintance and eventually became a good friend. And, uh, as the other boys, uh, Kevin, Matt, and Tony are all off doing family things this weekend. I was, uh, I was in a bit of a quandary. So I'm like, I know who do you hang out with when none of your friends are around and they don't know (laughs) you call your stoner friends. (laughs)
1: call your foreign stoner friends yes and uh you ditch the country and you, and you bring canada into the picture <laughs> yep for it for those of you over in michigan which i am no longer going to make the mistake ever of saying down south or our friends down south in michigan because when you look at a map you guys are in fact further north than i am <laughs> yeah and, and, and we're
0: pretty much just west yes yeah yeah <laughs> And it's a pretty so, drive. <laughs> yeah, well, and and Kevin and I are about to experience that here at the end of the month. When uh, yep,
1: you certainly we, are.
0: We come visit you and go to Toronto Fan Expo.
1: It's uh, it's gonna be a big year. It's uh, lots of really exciting guests and cool stuff happening this year. I'm really, I haven't been this excited for one in like a couple of years, so.
0: It's probably mostly because we're going to be there.
1: That is a huge part of it. It is. Um, and I'm not being sarcastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The only question I think that we still have is, uh, you know, because we, we, we've, we've discussed the, uh, the, the accommodations a little bit, but there's still some things that, that we're, we're discussing. But we'll talk more about that off air later.
1: Yes, we will get into that. See, as as people know, or at least uh, my kids out there, anybody who listens to my show, they know that it's a usual habit because I do fan expos every year for the show, and uh, it's a usual habit because I only live 20 minutes away from the convention center, 20-25 minute drive on the highway. But we usually come back here and we pod here, and then you know we get up in the morning, have breakfast, say, and then drive out to the con. And I've after, never actually, because it's so close, done a stay there for the weekend type thing, and actually like gone to the late night parties, maybe or that kind of thing. So,
0: so, so we we broke your cherry at uh, at, at Motor City. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. After having that experience, man, I don't think I could do it any other way. I think the whole weekend has to be looked at as one big day. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it really does. Yeah. But. We will get into more of that later. Um, we should, we should uh, get things kicked off with Off the Shelf here. Cool. So, Off the Shelf uh, is brought to you by Grand Con, which is another fantastic uh, gaming and comic expo right here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You can check them out online at grand-con.com. So, oh, uh, Jay, I almost forgot. Since this is going to be a cross-pod, and I'm assuming we're going to be playing it on both. <laughs> An Elegant Weapon is brought to us
1: by who? An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. You can find them at nemesisstudios.com, And it's a couple artists who are uh, gathered under one Stan Kanopka. And uh, they do a couple little fun things. They do make comic books. they got one coming soon called The Ministry. Uh, it's really neat to kind of take on a action biblical adventure. I know that that doesn't sound cool, but trust me, this is like <coughs> fucking angels kicking ass and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and they also do uh, custom like weaponry and stuff, like for cosplay. So you could like get them; they'll make you like a Thor hammer or uh, you know, batterangs or these type things.
0: I just, I just had an idea because I'm, I've been, dude, I've been getting into all kinds of weird shit lately. And, uh, do I really want to
1: know?
0: Well, <laughs> this is not going to be a normal podcast, I can already tell, because when you and I get together, man, we ramble. We kind of do. Well, okay, uh, I I just recently commissioned from Seth the Moose um, a picture of Dirk Manning. Yes,
1: I, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's a brilliant idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I can't wait to see the finished pro- product from that. But I also commissioned from uh, a friend who does uh, artwork on granite. Uh, um, I mean, his his primary job that pays the bills is he engraves headstones. Wow, um, cool. You know, it's his own family business, but he does beautiful, beautiful artwork on granite that he, people make into tables and hang on the wall and stuff. And I had him carve our logo into a piece of granite. <laughs> Because hey, shit's not for real if it's not set in stone, right? <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. That's so. We have that, but now you're, the the custom weaponry. I'm thinking I want Mjolnir, but rather than having just the big club on the end, I want it like giant old school microphones. Ooh. <clears throat> I want I, I want a microphone hammer.
1: I hear what you're saying totally that could be done in like several creative ways You know you could have fun with something like that and that is plug plug to be honest uh, The exact kind of place you'd go to Nemestu- Nemesis studios.com for so uh, But yeah, no, that's a really cool idea because I was thinking actually no shit. I was thinking this the other day, and I, and I do apologize uh, to our listeners because uh, over on my show, I'm used to having a much fouler mouth than these uh, gentlemen here, and I'll, I'll try to hold it together a little. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Have you not fucking
0: listened to our show?
1: <laughs> yes, but like I, I've been known to throw like six F-bombs into like a four-word sentence, so, you know. Okay, but
0: to be fair, out of all the words that are out there, I think fuck is the most versatile.
1: It is easily the most versatile, punctual, wonderful word in the world to say. Yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> but so, uh, so uh, I was saying shelf. though, <laughs>
1: uh, how do I not have a lightsaber microphone? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's something that should be remedied and shall. But uh, yes, yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, off the shelf. Comic um, books. You know what, Jerry? I'll, I'll I'll kick it off. I normally kind of like to hold mine till the end, but uh, I'm I'm going to give this a go here. So. This week I picked up, uh, honestly, the, the, I tried for the best book of of the week, um, but I kind of had to bring this one up, is The Wake, number 10 of 10, the finale from Scott Snyder and, uh, and Sean Murphy. And this book, it, the reason I had to talk about it, because it was tied for my, my best book of the week, but this is the last last chance I'm going to have to talk about it until the trade comes out, and, you know, I, I don't really talk trades. Hmm. But if, if you haven't been reading this, this book was split into two parts. Basically, the first five issues was more or less current time, um, maybe just slightly into the future, but, you know, maybe five, ten years tops. And it revolved around... Um, like a marine biologist and they found these aquatic people that they're humanoids more or less they have long tails but they have very, very scary fish faces with sharp razor teeth in them and <laughs> they're they're later referred to as the mers they, like like piranha
1: so people <laughs>
0: um you know i had when when i was younger i had uh an aquarium and i had uh a goby dragonfish. What? And I don't know if you've ever seen one of those, but they they had these weird bug eyes, and they had this mouth with these very, very sharp, like almost like needle-like teeth. And that's what that's what this the these MERS look like in here. Okay. Um but anyway, yeah, so so in this, these people find the MERS, the MERS basically attack, the MERS cause a giant tidal wave that causes the end of civilization as we know it, but it does not end civilization, you know, because it's such a massive tidal wave and it, they raise the, the water level so high, it completely changes the structure of humanity and governments and, and technology and what is and is not.
1: Okay. I got you.
0: And that's the first five issues. The last five issues jump ahead, like, you know, 200 years
1: cool and like show you the results of it
0: yes wow that's and the people are still basically fighting against the mers you know all kinds of supplies are very limited because there's much less land mass now than there used to be and what what scott snyder has done with this story is one of the most interesting things ever because to be able to have 10 issues where your first five are current slash history And then your next five are the future or the present, depending on how you're looking at which time frame is the the main one. He's really done an amazing job here, not only just being able to weave everything together, but also with great character development in here. And I, I, I really don't want to give a whole lot away in this one because it's hard to talk about this book, especially the last issue, without giving much away. And I want everybody to go read this book. But the, the last part follows this girl named Leeward who believes that she's found a signal from this woman who was uh, the, the marine biologist in the, the first five issues. And she's looking for the signal because she's looking for the way to stop the MERS and kind of humanity take back over. There's governments trying to stop her. Um, it's just an amazing tale all around. And then i got to talk about the artwork. Um, Sean Gordon Murphy, I think, might be the best artist that's out there right now.
1: Oh, jeez. I mean, that's it, a crazy claim. I've heard that name, though. What else has he done?
0: Um, oh, my God. what? Have... He's Great. done so many damn things. And, and now, now you're going to make me look here because um, now I'm blanking <laughs> on all okay. stuff. It's okay.
1: He's done a bit of everything.
0: Yeah. He, he, I mean, the, the, guy's, the guy's been all over in it, and I can't believe I, I'm seeing books in my head right now and I can't think of the titles. Um, but the detail, the level of detail that he puts into these books is above and beyond what pretty much anybody else does out there right now. And on top of it, um, I believe it's Matt Hollingsworth doing colors. Let me double check. Yes. The colors that Hollingsworth has done on top of, of the, uh, the pencils and, and inks from, from Murphy is just outright amazing. Um, I don't know how to describe it except for when you put all three of these creators—Snyder, Murphy, and Hollingsworth—together. This book is the closest thing that you'll ever get to reading a movie. Okay. I mean, it is so beautifully laid out um, that that it's just. It it just it drives me nuts how good it is. Um, oh, um, you might know you might actually know him because I think he did a couple Star Wars comics back in the day.
1: Maybe that's why I've heard the name.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that he had a he had a run on Hellblazer. Okay. Um, for a while, and then he also did um, uh, was it was the Batman scarecrow like year run miniseries i think too okay so but yeah i mean um and then recently the other thing this is the one that i couldn't remember the the most recent thing that came up that a lot of people will know is uh punk rock jesus
1: okay yeah yeah
0: yeah so um but yeah i mean people really need to go pick up this book and you know the trade's going to be coming out soon so if you can't find all 10 single issues Grab that trade as soon as it's out there, because I finished this issue, and if I would have had more time, I would have gone back and started with issue one and reread the whole damn series. Nice. It's nice. that good of a book, that's so I mean cool. top notch all all the way around you're not going to find a better complete story than this out there, so
1: that's cool to hear, but um there, it, it, it almost sounds – you're describing this book in the way that I've heard another book described, almost to a T, and I will embarrassingly admit that I'm a little behind, but I just finished volume two of Saga. Yeah. And well, uh, holy it, crap, this is going to be – it'll be a movie in five years.
0: Uh, actually, not really. You don't think? No, and actually I, I know you're a little behind on listening to our podcast, um, but we, we talked about it briefly last week. That there was a there was a really good panel at San Diego with um, with uh, Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughn. Oh yeah, and they talked about how they they really aren't sure if they wanted to go outside of any media other than comics right now. Um, just <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> just because they they have a hard time seeing how it could could become film or television and do it properly. Okay. And, and so that's, you know, and, and I can see that. Um, the the one little nugget I will give you, though, they did talk about making it a tabletop game, though.
1: People would love that. Uh, cause yeah. Is, is uh, Volume 4 just came out or is coming no, out?
0: Volume 3 just came out, Issue 21, I think, came out two weeks ago.
1: Okay, because I'm going so, by trades.
0: yeah. Yeah, so, so, I mean, issue or trade, uh, the third volume will take you up through issue 18.
1: Um, I was surprised how fast. I, I went camping last weekend and I brought it with me. And I didn't think I'd have much time to read, but I was like, if I get any time to read, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I actually read the first volume. I hadn't read any yet. I'd finally picked them up recently. And uh, I read volume one and so quickly and was so upset that I had left volume two at home. I was like (laughs) kicking myself. I was like, yeah, I want to keep going. So that that uh, was a mistake.
0: (laughs) All I can say um, about that, about saga in general. Now I'm getting, I'm getting the the rest of the boys finally to get caught up on saga. I've been bugging them for a long time to start reading
1: it. It's amazing. Uh,
0: But all i can say is that i i just have this gut feeling that i've said it a couple times i think this book is going to break my heart at some point really yeah in a good way okay. in a way that a good story should but i think it's going to break my heart
1: uh, it could be interesting i kind of see where you could go in that with that in a few directions so but i'm a little further behind i got to get volume 3 in my hands and catch up Yes. And do you buy the, the single issues for it? I, I've been
0: buying single issues since it came out.
1: That's amazing. That's a nice thing to have. Beautiful yeah. set. Yeah,
0: oh, well, it's great. And Well, and I, I think I told you before about finding issue one and two first prints in, in a, a in a short box at a convention. The guy wanted two bucks each for them.
1: What? I don't think you did tell me that. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: I, I, I got them. Well, yeah. And, uh, the- <laughs> I turned around a couple months later and sold them for $125 in trade.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. yeah. It helps to know what you're looking at.
1: It definitely does. My buddy did that. Uh, He got, like, the whole run of the original Bone comic. And all first printing, all original run, the guy did not know what he had. And he got them for, like, a buck each or something ridiculous. Yeah. Just ridiculous. And, like... I was like, so those are worth a few bucks? He's like, yeah, and he got them, and then later he showed me the price guide and stuff, and I was like, oh, my God, are you
0: kidding? Yeah, because yeah, those are so, like such a limited press yeah. run yeah. on those.
1: He said it was one um, of those few times that uh, he had to really contain himself when he realized what he was looking at. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that, that, that's – well, I, I had a friend uh, who was in a comic shop, and he was going through their, their 50 cent bin. And the guy had a bunch of back issues of, like, I think starting around, like, issue eight or nine, going up through about 20 of The Walking Dead's. Wow. And this was, like, two years ago.
1: <laughs>
0: and so he just bought them all.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And, and, then, the, and then when he went back in the next week, the, the shop owner was mad because he's like, you didn't tell me how much those were worth.
1: You're the oh, shop owner. You should know.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah like, I, it's your it, job. It, yeah. It's like, sorry. <laughs> you were happy that I was buying your back stock.
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's priceless. All right, should I do an off-the-shelf here?
0: I think you should.
1: Okay, I'm going to do this off-the-shelf. Uh, it's actually the single-only <laughs> comic book uh, that was on my poll list this week, and that was Justice League number 32. Lex Luthor knows one secret. What will he do to learn them all? Uh, it's uh, it's kind of starting to bridge in a new series. Now, Justice League has been one of my favorite series since the start of the New 52. I've really, really enjoyed it for many reasons. Specifically, uh, the way they've been, done a really good job of balancing the character development. You know, it's so easy for certain characters to get lost, but I mean they, they had such control of this group of kind of heroes from the start for me that they were like, Screw it. What our first big huge story arc after the intro is gonna be Aquaman. <laughs> you know, they yeah. were like, We're we're flat out, you know, laying this all out. And they've continued to do that, and at the same time, you'll get you'll say, like you'll get a story where it's very intimately from the perspective of the justice league and then right next issue it'll be completely different perspective from uh, all these side characters that they've been able to develop in really cool ways that we see it from their point of view sometimes okay. and what's happening here in this issue is kind of the uh we're really starting to see more perspective of what's going on with what Lex Luthor's been up to So, because recently in the Justice League story, uh, they had to deal with the Crime Syndicate, which uh, yeah, that
0: that was that was the Forever Evil, yes, thing. Okay,
1: and so they've they've dealt with all that, and uh, now they're at a point where basically Lex Luthor has set himself up that he has saved the world, and uh, you know, so he's going to use that position to start, you know, getting a little skeevy and conniving so what this issue actually focuses on is uh the doom patrol and kind of their origin and how they come about and it's a it's it's a group of metahumans that have gotten their powers in horrible ways and they have had to have had help to become heroes do you know what i mean whether mechanical or psychological or whatever uh like they're not in control of their own powers so they've been helped to be able to do so And the doctor who has helped them has now basically turned them into like a fighting unit for him. And now he's getting all crazy and he's kind of obsessed with the Justice League and making his own thing. So this has started to happen. And that's basically what most of this issue focuses on. But then Lex gets in there and Lex is kind of, you know, he's going to he's not tolerating this. And uh, so this book basically is setting up. What I think is going to be some really big kind of Lex Luthor arcs starting to come, which is kind of exciting to see because they haven't delved super deep into Lex Luthor yet in the New Fifty Two. You know, they they've kind of saved things like that. Yeah. So uh, it's it's uh, Jeff Johns wrote this and uh, Doug Monkey was the penciler. I hope I'm saying that right. It looks like Monkey.
0: Monkey, yeah.
1: And what uh, is it?
0: It's like M A. H-N-K-E?
1: Yes, that is it. And uh, Keith Champagne is the inker. and uh, But Jeff Johns, you know, doing his thing, holding it down. And uh, this is one of those books that does a really good job of uh, doing that exact character development. You know what I mean? There wasn't a ridiculous amount of action in this book, but there was enough well-placed bits of action to get this story rolling. You know what I mean? So uh, because this is the end of birth, which is basically Superwoman, who is like the Wonder Woman from, you know, another alternate Earth. She's Mm -hmm. here and she's pregnant and a whole bunch of people are going to want their hands on her baby. So uh, it's going to be a really thing, really cool thing. I think that's starting to get out. So I did enjoy it. It's uh, it's kind of. Who knocked her up? Sorry? Who knocked her up? It's not 100 percent clear.
0: I bet. I bet you it's
1: Lex uh you know what it 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 could be it's uh it's it's kind of a it's kind of an open issue at the point you know what i mean <laughs>
0: yeah, he, he's he's skeevy like that man I'm telling you it's lax he's
1: <laughs> you know there it's it's been cool in the new fifty two because they have burned through a lot of the stories that were told before in the old you know universe but they've done it quickly precisely and in a new fun fashion where They've handled it well, but since we've already read those stories, they were able to condense them, yet just tweak them a little for the future. You know what I mean? So yeah. So we're getting to vote for Lex for Prez, and that – that you know, I don't know how quickly that may come because DC is bold now. I mean Batman just finished zero year where they gave Batman the entire title. They're like, go ahead, take an entire year, 12 issues, and just retell the origin and however Snyder and Capullo wanted to, right? Yeah. So they haven't even been telling stories that have anything to do with what's going on in the current DC universe, right? So, bold stuff. I, I've always been a fan of the, the new 52. I've always liked this Justice League, and uh, I still like where it's going. It's always remained solid, and uh, I've enjoyed it for that. So, check that out. You know what I mean?
0: That, that's cool. Well, you know, and, and the interesting thing, speaking of DC, um, you know, last year they had, like, the Villains Month thing
1: yeah that was cool
0: (laughs) um this next year is gonna be the the five-year jump is is their their little shtick or gimmick or whatever you want to call it where they're jumping ahead five years into the future
1: oh they're gonna do another jump that's cool
0: yeah it's gonna jump ahead and i don't know like I think it's just for one month it's going to jump ahead, and then it'll come back. So you're going to see little glimpses of things that are going to happen.
1: Oh, my God, that's going to be confusing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, cool. Well, that was Off the Shelf, once again, brought to you by Grand Con. Um, How about we do a little news and notes here, Jay?
1: News and notes are fun.
0: All right. I
1: like news and notes. (laughs)
0: Um, You want to kick it off or you want me to? You go ahead, sir. All right. Well, since, since this ties into your book, Uh, The Dark Side War is coming from DC Comics and Jeff Johns. Did you see this?
1: I did see that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Basically, um, not a whole lot of info, but Jeff Johns tweeted out, uh, quote, Justice League 33, out today. Lex Luthor's run at joining the team continues. The Dark Side War approaches and fun chaos with the Doom Patrol. So, you know, what the Dark Side War is... I don't know, because I don't read a lot of DC.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure it will involve Darkseid. Yeah, and which uh, I
0: still have a hard time calling him Darkseid, not Darkseed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, it, just it was...
0: because it, I called him Darkseed when I was a kid, and that's the way that it looks like it should should be read. I
1: totally did the same thing. I was like, okay, when I was a kid and I saw the, like, the superpowers packaging, and I was like, okay, Darkseed, Darkseid. You know what? They wouldn't call it Darkseid, because that's too Star Wars, so I'm going with Darkseed. I remember thinking that. Oh, well,
0: you are, you are the Star Wars nerd here on, on the show today. Um, although, the one thing that I, I thought was interesting is, you know, I was, I was reading this little article about Dark Seed, Dark Side. <laughs> Damn it, what is it? Seed Dark... of the darkness. Yeah. Um, wait, now I'm confused. Anyway, with this guy, and uh, <laughs> his home world is called Apocalypse. Now, it's yes. spelled funny, but then I'm like, wait a minute. He kind of looks like Apocalypse. From X Men.
1: Uh, I'm blanking on I'm blanking on Apocalypse's image in my head right now.
0: Apocalypse is a giant purple guy that has like kind of the the weird like frowny face. He's the one that has four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Oh yes, yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So, uh, I
1: don't
0: know. you should you should ask your uh, ask your buddy that that. Uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Your your X Men buddy.
1: Oh Nixon, Weapon Nix.
0: Yes, Weapon <laughs> Nix. Yeah, talk to him about about apocalypse. He'll fill you in.
1: Um, he um, he got extremely excited at that apocalypse teaser. Oh yeah. He he got uh, he got probably more excited than I'm seeing him get for an X Men movie. And he's not he enjoyed them, but he's he's a staunch X Men guy. So he had to come to terms with liking them because, of course, you know they changed a lot and some of them weren't great, but yeah. But, uh, you know, when he saw that, he was like, Oh, that could be the best shit yet. And, uh, so I'm excited just cause of that.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of, of Marvel TV and film, um, and things going from comics to the big and small screen stuff from the big and small screen is screen is now coming to comics with, with, uh, Agent Coulson, headlining the book Shield from Marvel. Yes. Now, I know everybody loves Coulson, but I do they does everybody love Coulson because of uh, you know uh, Clark Gregg, the actor doing a fucking knock down, drag out, kick ass job on that character, or do they just love the character?
1: No, because they, yeah, they love him.
0: Yeah, because see, when I've I've read a couple books with Coulson in it, and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't have the same charisma. Like, I mean, that guy's a fucking fantastic actor.
1: Yeah, he's very flat on the page. It doesn't translate well. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I
0: think I think if you haven't, I think if I handed that book to somebody who had never seen Agents of Shield or any of the the movies with Coulson in it, I don't think people would pick up on that. So I'm curious to see. But it's Mark Wade writing it.
1: Could be good
0: then. So and Mark Wade is a fantastic fucking writer. He's he's breathed life into Foggy Nelson in in the Daredevil comics in a way that I didn't think was possible. So, you know, we'll we'll see what goes on with that. Um, we've got some other uh we'll kind of stick on the 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 Marvel stuff for a moment. Um there was a couple other books that were announced uh at the the Women of Marvel panel at San Diego. Um, a new Spider Woman ongoing series was announced and then um, the Angela assassin of Asgard was announced
1: what is that what is it the Angela assassin of Asgard
0: are you familiar with Angela no okay uh, <clears throat> you remember, you remember spawn
1: the like McFarlane spawn <laughs> 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 the
0: McFarlane, <laughs> yes Yeah, we, we made fun of you recently on a podcast When you get caught up, you'll hear um, But, yeah, the the Todd McFarlane uh, spawn And in issue 9, Angela, who was an angel um, Whose job was to kill Hellspawn She, uh, she was first introduced Well, that character... Was created. Oh shit! Now I'm now I'm forgetting who created the character. Um, on that was that. Uh, shoot! I'm I'm gonna draw a blank here. And once again, I'm I'm being an idiot. I, I've had too much to drink, apparently tonight. Wow. Uh, but <laughs> well. Well, what? I'm winning. (laughs) Not yet. It's who can walk out of here. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I may pass out before we even finish recording.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, No, so anyway, Angela has now left Marvel and gone to – or left Image and gone to Marvel. It was Neil Gaiman that created her.
1: How'd that happen?
0: uh, Neil Gaiman and Todd McFarlane settled a lawsuit. Because he created the character, and so he took the rights to the character.
1: And gave them to Marvel? Or sold them to Marvel? Or
0: or leasing them to Marvel? I don't know. Okay. but which is
1: interesting to Marvel, too. Sandman was under DC, wasn't it?
0: It's under Vertigo, yeah. Yeah,
1: which is DC, yeah? Yep. So, yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, so anyway. Both
1: he, pieces of the pie. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but to uh, – so she has now been brought into – into this this world and she's mostly been being involved in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy books. Okay. Um and I've only read a little. I was like this is cool. I want to read. I is used she, to like Angela.
1: Is she in the movie? No. Okay.
0: At least not that I know of unless it's like some like little cameo in the background. Right. But um but yeah, so the it's it's going to be a new new book of her basically doing, I think, the dirty work of, of Asgard. But it's kind of a cool tie-in because you had Loki, agent of Asgard. So now Angela, assassin of Asgard. Be kind of cool.
1: Um, but she's on Asgard's side.
0: I believe so, yeah. She's, okay. she's a good character.
1: It's an interesting know. thing to do at a time uh, when Thor turns into a woman. And why did that happen?
0: Um, money?
1: No, I don't. Oh, mean... wait.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it'll be a new number one and number one sells and everybody loves number ones.
1: How did it happen? I mean, literally in the storyline. Oh,
0: it hasn't I... happened yet.
1: Oh, so we don't know. Okay.
0: Correct. Yeah.
1: I, see. Wow. I thought it had happened already.
0: Some of us know.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: but I, I'm not one of those us. Okay. Uh, so... Um, all right, one other uh, one other Marvel thing here, which uh, I know you're gonna you're gonna become a chatty Cathy on. We we mentioned last week that there are three new Star Wars books coming out from Marvel. Yes, and uh, you've got your first one, um, which I know is going to be drawn by John Cassidy, um, which is going to be you know your your basic Star Wars flagship title. You have, excuse me, um, a Darth Vader, uh, one which. I don't know if that's going to be an ongoing or a miniseries. Um, and then you have the Princess Leia, uh, Disney princess.
1: Disney princess? What?
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's owned by Disney. So talked.
1: they're making a kid's, like, comic of her? I don't understand.
0: No, but technically Princess Leia is now a Disney princess. Oh,
1: yes, absolutely. And so is Thor. But yeah.
0: <laughs> I think we made that joke last week, too. <laughs>
1: uh princesses everywhere it's great so yeah, yeah, man, uh, yeah. Mark, i have a billion questions about this whole scenario you know well
0: here's a good news about princess leia once again mark wade the machine that he is is writing that
1: oh cool very cool
0: yeah so what what are you uh what 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 are your thoughts on this
1: they're because of the things that have so been set up by like marvel has already done a certain line right which uh you know i guess are you talking talking
0: like the 1970s yeah the
1: 1970s star wars if anybody doesn't know marvel did a line of star wars comics in the 1970s and they were kind of silly and uh there was in fact a giant green rabbit named Jax, and uh he went along for the ride so that's how crazy that shit got but how uh, do i not remember that rabbit Yeah, it was like a giant rabbit. It was literally like a rabbit, not even a creature. It was like a giant purple rabbit, Jackson. They called it Jax, and it was like – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: (laughs) I have seen pictures, but I don't remember him from the comic. Was he introduced later?
1: Yeah, he wasn't like in the first one. He came later when they were trying to keep it going and stuff, you know?
0: Okay, because when I was a kid, I had like the first – probably 20
1: of them yeah yeah like what those comics basically did is kind of told you stories that happened in between the movies and kind of during the movies and you know it was it wasn't always absolutely set when things were happening so i'm wondering how they're going to handle the exact same thing now are they going to go with a new universe like are these books are any of these books going to coincide with the movie basically episode seven you know uh, are they going to do anything near that time frame? And if they're going to do all these things, are they going to rewrite also a bunch of history that happened in between, in between, and during the movies? So it's it's a muddled affair. Because
0: okay, well here's here's what I got. Because um, I got a there, there's a really good article on IGN where I, I first saw this. Now, as far as Darth Vader, um, it's the the and I'm quoting the title is billed as the story of the epic battle for the galaxy. Only this time, told from the dark side. So that's going to be the the Star Wars Darth Vader one.
1: That'd be now, amazing if they just retell the story from his point of view. I'm all about that. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, okay. The the Leia comic is a five part miniseries, um, and that that story is going to be about her basically taking the helm of the the rebellion um, while dealing with the the her uh, Alderaan being blown up. Okay. So, um, now, the the main title, let me look and see. Um, it doesn't really say anything in particular, but
1: but Maybe they don't even know yet. Maybe they've just announced it and actually don't even know which direction they're going to go in, you know? Well,
0: the picture that they're showing them in...
1: It, they're that, young, right?
0: Well, you've got Leia with, with the cinnamon buns on her head. You've got Han in his original vest, and you have Luke wearing the outfit that he wore at the ceremony at the end of episode, uh, episode 4.
1: Okay, so it's probably pre-Hoth Adventures, pre-Empire.
0: That's kind of my guess. Now, you'll know this better than I do if this makes any difference. Luke's lightsaber is blue.
1: Luke's lightsaber is blue, so it's pre-Jedi.
0: Yeah, I couldn't remember when he switched the, yeah. the, the lightsaber.
1: There is a, a scene beautiful scene that was cut from Jedi of Luke actually making his green lightsaber like using the force and stuff and uh I wish that had never been cut out but it's it's cool stuff but yeah. I think they actually drew it and put it in a comic book at one point
0: Yeah for for uh for our listeners who don't know you that well um, I've always referred to you as my alternate universe counterpart.
1: Yes, you have. <laughs> yeah, I drink
0: beer, talk comics. Yeah, you smoke weed and talk Star Wars.
1: I sure yeah. do, and there's so much they're giving me to talk about lately. It's been incredible, especially <laughs> you know with JJ and releasing the videos and the comics and Mark Hamill saying wonderful things. And you hear what he called his beard. He's what like, he. People were talking about his beard. They're asking about his beard, and he described it as his con- his uh, contractually obligated beard. <laughs> oh,
0: I did not. I did not hear about that.
1: Yeah, it wasn't at Comic Con. It was at another thing he was at, and somebody was like, uh, "We see you got the beard," and everybody's asking him. He's like, "This beard is contractually obligated." <laughs> nice. Yeah, so everybody's excited because I don't know if you heard, and I, I won't. It's too long to hear. If you do want to hear it, go. Uh, to a recently released episode that just came out of an elegant weapon and uh, I, I explain a plot that was uh, leaked out that is the potential plot of episode seven. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 interesting. There's some things I like, some things I don't, and uh, there's very fair warning of spoiler on the last episode, so you can skip over it. But if you do want to hear it, go there and check it out and I explain it. But it's I'm not super super keen on it. I feel like the guy's at the end of uh, Fanboys a bit. I'm like, you know what? We're all excited about how it's going to look. We've seen the Millennium Falcon. We've seen X-Wings, Mouse Droids. But what if the story sucks? <laughs> like, <laughs> it could happen. Like,
0: <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about? Like, like yeah. Are you saying it could be the prequels all over again?
1: I'm saying it could... Not necessarily the prequels, because I don't think the prequels... I don't think the the story was the problem with the prequels i think directing that story was the problem with the prequels and the acting yeah i think yeah and the acting and all all a whole bunch of other things but i don't necessarily because i read a book called uh palp or sorry darth plagueis and if anybody wants to read it it's the whole life story of senator palpatine uh from when he's a young kid to becoming a senator to working his way up to emperor and the last third of the book takes place at the exact same time as phantom menace and it's actually a really interesting book. It's my favorite Star Wars novel, and it's all it's it's political. It's very uh, Winter Soldier esque in a way. It's very Ooh. political and like uh, backroom deals and you know people you know betraying each other and all this stuff, you know, because they basically take over very very quickly. But he does it over a long period of time, right? And it made Phantom Menace a more interesting movie. Now when I watch Phantom Menace, I'll know things that are going on not on screen because i read this novel and it will improve the movie for me so well, you know what i'm saying so yeah. but, but i'm worried well, it, it, that you can't,
0: ju- can't improve the acting though no so.
1: no the acting yeah. was horrendous but i you know i hope this acting is i don't think the dialogue will be bad in in episode 7 i'm a little bit worried just about the basic plot where they're going to go with it you know so
0: well that will be more news for the next time. Yes. Uh, a couple other quick things. Speaking of movies, um, Aspen Comics teased at their uh, panel at San Diego. Uh, it was uh, kind of the the last thing that was was brought up uh, when one of the the higher ups from Aspen asked people how many you know how many people in there uh, saw the Avengers, and everybody raised their hand, and he asked them again, how many would how many uh, people would like to see a, uh, a team-up book from Aspen? And uh, everyone raised their hand, and he said, well, you're going to get your wish. So it's kind of cool because you're going to get a team-up book from Aspen. But me, I'm going, is he alluding though, too, that maybe Aspen's going to get into comics or into movies with their comics? So – you know, that, that's kind of a – why would you lead with the question about who's seen this movie and then go, ah, how many of you want to see a team-up book?
1: It's, you know. uh, I definitely see where you could be going with that for sure. I'm not familiar with Aspen Comics very much. Like, so they would just take a bunch of their heroes and stick them together or invent new heroes for a new team?
0: Um, well, Aspen is, is, mostly, is most well-known for Soul Fire, uh, Fathom. And the executive assistant series. Uh, now, I've I've sung the praises of Journey, um, which is still a fantastic uh, series. The second volume is just now coming out. Um, Bubble Gun. Um, let's see, there was a couple others that that came out. They had a they had a great ten for ten thing last year, which we talked about, uh, where they had five of their series rebooted with a new volume like it didn't start over it's just the new volume starting and then they had five brand new series and all their number one issues were a dollar and uh yeah it it was really cool um but they've got uh well they they do uh uh lola xoxo which i've talked about recently that's one of their new ones uh damsels in excess just came out um, they, they've got a, a number of different books out there. Did you
1: have them on the show?
0: Um, no. Well, the guys that we had on the, the show most recently were through Archaea,
1: okay. which
0: is part of boom studios. Right.
1: Um,
0: right. and th- that was for the hacktivist thing. Yes. But I've talked to, I, I have talked to JT cruel multiple times. We had JT on the show before he writes, um, he writes Soulfire. He, he's done, um, Oh, uh, Mindfield um, was was one of my all time favorite miniseries that they that they did, um, and then he's also doing the Journey miniseries or it, series. There's just multiple miniseries of it. Um, but yeah, it's it, Fathom's an interesting or I'm sorry, Aspen's an interesting company too because a lot of their weed characters are female, but nice. it's not like but but it, it, it's not a TNA type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, another company, though, that is getting into the big screen and does also have a lot of uh, female lead characters um, and sometimes is accused of TNA, is Xenoscope. And <laughs> their, although their book, The Library, um, which was a, a five-issue series, is getting... Uh, um, the movie treatment. And this is, this is the one that it's funny that this one is going to be the one that's going first because this book wasn't a TNA book at all. Um, In fact, it was about like a a young teenage girl who she and her brother go to a library and they start through like these books start opening up doors to other realms. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, nobody's really been, uh, like, tied to it as far as writing or directing, so there's no release date yet, but um, it has been uh, has been picked up by uh, Mythology Entertainment. Um,
1: That's fun. You know, if I, I love movies. I always have. I've always loved movies. Admittedly, more than I've – I love comics. I apologize. I love both, but I love a good movie, and I've never had a problem with putting them on screen. So the more comics to get the treatment, you know, why not put it in a whole bunch of – make a claymation movie about it while you're at it. Just – I don't mind variations at all on a theme, so that excites me. More comic book movies from into your publishers will mean more interesting comic book movies, right?
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and, and what's interesting, which you may know not know about me, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the majority of, of our listeners don't, one of my bachelor degrees was in film and video. Yes. So, um, but what's funny is I love comics way more than I love movies. Yeah. But, you know, um, speaking of movies, do you see Fight Club?
1: I sure did. It's don't uh, talk it's... about it. <laughs> fight club is my third favorite movie of all time.
0: Well, then you're going to be happy because there's a sequel coming out.
1: Uh, yes, yes, indeed. There is,
0: <laughs> but it's coming out in a better format. Comic books.
1: <laughs> They're going to do it right this time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, fight club two is going to be released as a comic book. And, yeah. uh, so Chuck Polaniak, if, if I'm if i saying his last name correctly, yeah. is doing it. Uh, and Cameron Stewart and David Mack are, are doing the artwork. So holy fuck, is that thing going to be pretty?
1: Yeah, I, I, it's got to have a look to it, you know, because Fight Club's got that certain feel, which, you know, I think only Fincher could have made that movie the way he did. And... uh I'm a huge fan, and I'm really excited, and I'm I'm intrigued by the plot. The plot doesn't grab me right away, but it's, it's uh, it kind of makes sense. I I don't know how ty- how is going to come back, you know, which is obviously a big question from everybody because yeah, he shot well, a hole in his face, right? <laughs> I,
0: I I I think I think Chuck has a way of, of doing what needs to be done. Yep. So
1: yeah,
0: um, one last little bit of news and, and notes here. Uh, before we ramble on to our last few things, <laughs> excuse me. The the big trouble in, in Little China, Kurt Russell comic came out and and everybody got really excited. Well, if you're Kurt Russell fan, uh, Escape from New York is going to also have a sequel in comics. It's going to be Escape from Florida. So. Escape from Florida. <laughs> Escape from Florida. Um, oh, that's it, great. <laughs> That's gonna be. It's gonna take place basically minutes after the end of the movie Escape from New York.
1: Oh yeah, right into it.
0: <laughs> yep, right into it. Um, no, no, an uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. No artist has been announced yet, but uh, Chris Sebelia, uh who does Dead Letters, um, which has been one of my favorite books from Boom, is gonna be writing this, and so. I know, could be cool. Yeah. Um, yep. But Boom Studios kicks ass with a lot of stuff. So.
1: Yeah, people I, are people are big fans. There's something I need to ask you on one last uh, newsworthy note. Sure. And uh, that is on the leaked trailer uh, that they showed at Comic Con for the for Batman versus Superman. Um, you know, everybody listening to the show knows uh, that you're pretty much a Marvel kid. Yep. And uh, you, I, I assume you've at least read The Dark Knight Returns yet. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: It's, it's been a number of years. Yes.
1: Now, did you see uh, the trailer there, the little bit of footage they showed that they made I did for not. the fans? Okay. Um, look, I don't care if this is a spoiler, but if you consider this a spoiler, it might be, so don't be spoiled. But they showed a little bit of the footage. It was really hard to see, but basically what it is is there's a dark figure on a rooftop, right? Mm-hmm. And he lights up. He hits a switch, and the bat signal lights up. And the Bat-Signal kind of pans up a building, and there's Superman kind of flies down into it. And then it pans to Batman, and Batman's eyes are all glowing white. And then it pans back out on him, and he is wearing the exact armor, the Superman-fighting armor from Dark Knight Returns. Well, yeah. And both their eyes glow, and I squeed all over the place.
0: (laughs) I'm not surprised by that whatsoever. I mean – In a movie that's called Batman versus Superman.
1: Yeah, it's. uh, I just wondered if you had had seen it and what your thoughts were on it, but uh, you know, I have to say that uh, I think because of that moment, I think uh, DC won this Comic Con.
0: Well, okay. Here's here's (laughs) here's the real question: Was Ben Affleck holding his breath?
1: What in (laughs) most likely?
0: well, Well, oh, so his mouth was closed. Cool.
1: Yes, his um, mouth was closed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm such an asshole.
1: I think he's been – I think they've actually like literally – those are the things they might have worked on. I think like what he's caring about the tiniest things like does my mouth look right. I bet <laughs> you that he's fully open. He wants to be such a good Batman. I do believe in my heart that he is going to be even open to criticism of <laughs> other stuff. I
0: wonder, I wonder if they just wired his mouth shut. And then they're going to go back in and just do Foley later, you know, to, to like, you know, have him come back in and reread the lines. And then they'll just use like digital animation to make his mouth move.
1: I think he's <laughs> going to have very – I think he's not going to have any lines. They're just going to be like, let's not have him talk. <laughs> nice. He can just grunt and growl and stuff. And then when he's Bruce Wayne, he can talk away and be charming. There you and go. I mean they also released a picture of him in the cowl, like a headshot profile.
0: Yep, we and, saw that.
1: Oh, the chin looks great. Yeah. It does. It looks so good.
0: <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's going to wrap it up for us because we are running a little long on time tonight um, as far as news and notes. But uh, I do have a quick best on tap. Um, and speaking of uh, Dead Letters from Boom Studios, Dead Letters number four is actually getting best on tap this week, um, covered by Chris Visions. And uh, my God, the use of colors on this is just gorgeous. This is one of those books, if if I saw, I'm like, oh, this is number four, I saw, if I saw this cover, I would actually have to walk up and go, I don't know what this is about, but I want to. And that is why this book is getting best on tap this week. Um, the only other thing that I think looks as good as this cover is a Drunk On Comics t-shirt from Daw Apparel. <laughs> so... You can go get yours at Daw Apparel. It's D-A-W-Apparel.com. Use the code DOC20 and save 20% off your whole purchase. You like that seamless plug? I'm like fucking that was Paul beautiful. Harvey. That was
1: smooth. You're like Stilskin weaving gold, <laughs> man. I'm like I'm
0: Paul Harvey. You, you you never even know. Like, all of a sudden, it's a commercial. It's just, it's sewn right in.
1: All of a sudden, you're just handing someone money. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, uh, hopefully, it's Daw Apparel and buying a cool Joker Thomas T-shirt. Awesome.
1: Awesome.
0: Soon to come, maybe some Elegant weapon t-shirts.
1: Uh, that will be available for uh, and at Fed Expo Canada, happening July 22nd to like 28th or f- something like that. And 29th uh,
0: through the 31st or 28th through the
1: 31st? I think it's twenty eight It's four days.
0: Yeah, 28th through the
1: 31st. Yeah, 28th through the 31st at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. And uh, I'm going to be shacking up there with uh, actually – which seems very nicely also into an uh, in, indie Turnpike, if you don't mind.
0: Uh, absolutely. Go for it. Uh,
1: I will be shacking up uh, near the Action Labs representation of uh, Anthony Rutgazer and uh, 16, no, sorry, 16 hectares and a mule.com. And uh, it's a new book coming out from Action Labs written by Anthony Rutgazer, uh, art by Philip Seavey. And uh, there's yeah. some... Oh, oh, I'm echoing there for a sec. Sorry, kids. And uh, it's a really cool new book coming out from Action Labs. And what it is, is uh, it's a bit of a different take on the superhero. It's uh, it's about a guy, and he's just like a regular guy, a soldier. And uh, the thing is, he lives in a world where if there, there are metahumans, mutants, whatever you want to call them, superheroes. But if you do get superpowers, you go clinically insane and criminally insane. And it just – you can't help it. It's its its a side effect of getting superpowers. There are no superheroes, just supervillains.
0: I know I've heard about this book.
1: Yeah. So, and
0: I don't think I've had a chance to read this one yet. Well, actually, I know I haven't, but now I'm like going, okay, I remember hearing about this, and I do want to read this one. So yeah. I'm excited you're talking about it.
1: Remind me later, and uh, I think I can hook you up uh, with a review copy or something. But uh, it's really cool because this one guy, this soldier, and he gets superpowers all of a sudden. And, of course, if you get superpowers, you immediately start thinking to yourself, oh, no, I'm about to go nuts. I'm about to go crazy. So a lot of people would kill themselves or do whatever, deal with it. And as this guy's going along, the cool thing is about this book is it's a bit of a mind trip where he – he's convinced he knows that he's going to go insane because he's got these powers yet he keeps feeling like he's doing the right thing and he, and he starts helping people. And, you know, even though he's convinced he's about to go nuts, it starts to get a little confusing because he's like, I don't feel nuts, you know? And, uh, it's a really cool kind of take on, you know, the perception of superpowers and stuff. And, uh, it's really neat. The first issue is uh, number one, obviously. <laughs> and uh, <it's, laughs> Well,
0: not, not necessarily. I've seen zero issues come out first. You're right.
1: You're right. Absolutely. And uh, it's, it's not a bang-in-your-face type story. Even though it's about superheroes, it's not an action book. There's action in it, and there's all that good stuff that you want out of a comic book, but that's not the main purpose of the storyline. Is There are these big fights and stuff, you know, like the only enemy is within his mind at this point, right? So the the first book deals, the first issue deals with him, you know, it kind of sets up who he is, how his life is now, uh, what, you know, how everything works. And then it's almost near the end of the book that this kind of erupts and happens. And, uh, you know, it, it makes you really interested for – at least it it made me really interested in wanting to read issue two. So, I'm so. –
0: I'm definitely interested in this. Now, who are, who are the creators one more time?
1: The creators are Anthony Rutgazer. He's out of Toronto, a uh, local writer. He's a friend of mine. I've known him for a while. And uh, he's he's written a few treatments here and there. He's always been a writer, and uh, he's actually well-known in Toronto for the Independent Union of Professional Wrestlers. He, does, he Oh, runs a, yeah, I've heard yeah.
0: you talk to him before, yeah.
1: Yeah, he runs a wrestling show here. And actually, he's about to run his last show because he's going full-on comics. And he's written some stories and treatments and stuff, and uh, he passed this one on to Action Labs, uh, Dave Dwanch and such, and they loved it. And they uh, they were looking for a bunch of new books because they're coming out kind of not with a new line, but you know uh, they they got a few new titles coming out, which they just debuted a bu- debuted a bunch at San Diego. So uh, they really like this book, and they kind of look at it as their action kind of you know book like action title for the release of these titles, right? So. Uh, you know, they've been pushing him, and the book got made, and it's going to be available, and uh, some cool variant covers, and it's really well, neat. Look- and the art is by uh, Philip Seavey, and, uh, you know, it's really, really cool stuff, and uh, I think people will enjoy it. So, uh, you know, definitely know, check it out.
0: I know what I'll be picking up in Toronto. What's that? Uh, this book.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, this book. All right, sorry. Yeah. You said it as if... Uh, There was even more. But, yes, this book will be here in Toronto. You can get it. You can meet Anthony. Oh, actually, let me say a plug as well. Uh, Something really cool is happening. The night before (laughs) Fan Expo, which uh, the 27th, uh, the evening of the 27th, if you go down to Silverstale Comic Book Store in uh, Toronto, which uh, for those of you who don't live in Toronto, that's our big shop. That's, like, the shop of Toronto, like, 30-year-old, you know, heritage shop. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, so and he'll be doing a signing there. Uh, and you can get the book, and you can get it signed, and you can meet him and talk to him and see what a cool dude he is. He's a good friend. And uh, that's happening at the Silver Snail on the 27th, the night before. To get Fan Expo rolling, he's doing this, and uh, it's really exciting stuff. So I hope it keeps going well, and I hope you kids check it out. Again, 16hectaresandamule.com. And if you know your American history, you'll find why that's a clever Canadian pun.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not an acre. <laughs> no.
1: And it's not a horse or donkey or whatever. <laughs> Did I say mule? Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have. It's moose. <laughs> oh, and a moose. Oh, I'm so glad we corrected that. It's 16 hectares in a moose.
0: Yeah. Dot that,
1: com. Uh, okay. I cl- I've clarified that.
0: Damn Canadians. God
1: damn. I smoked myself retarded.
0: I'm winning.
1: (laughs) More points to column A. All
0: right. uh, Booze in a Book this week brought to you by one of our all-time favorite sponsors, inkwhiskey.com. Go to their website, and if you are a fan of NES, the old Nintendo Entertainment System, you can go buy a flask that looks just like the original nes cartridges and they're 20 bucks it's free shipping tell me that yeah uh we don't get anything out of it they're very
1: cool i have one they,
0: myself they're awesome aren't they
1: yeah they're very neat to have
0: yeah okay so uh booze in a book this week i have bodies number one from vertigo uh with a slew of creators on it so uh give me a moment and i will i'll give you the rundown on Who's done what in this book? If I can find where it was, here we go. Uh Sy Spencer wrote it, and then there are four different artists on this book. The first section uh was done by Megan Hetrick, the next section was done by Dean Ormston, uh, the next section was Tool Lote, and the last one was Phil Winslade. Um, and then Lee Loffridge did co- uh, colors on this one. Um, this is a, a, an interesting uh, book, and, and I don't normally go into too much detail on booze in a book, but it's it's four different time periods, each drawn by a different artist. Cool. Where the story, there's a similarity between each of the four stories. Um, it's about a murder, and, and there are different time frames in there. The first time frame is actually 2014. The next one is 1890. The next one is 2050 and then 1940. And this is a, a, a limited series, one of eight from Vertigo. And I'm pairing this with a Schoferhofer. <laughs>
1: Schoffenhofen, what? Schoferhofer. Schoferhofer.
0: S C H O with an umlaut. F F E R H O F E R.
1: Well, of course there's an umlaut there.
0: Yes, Uh, (laughs) this is a grapefruit-flavored wheat beer. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now, what this is, it's an unfiltered Hefeweizen with grapefruit flavoring, and then it's colored with a cochineal extract. And basically, 50% of this, what comes in a bottle or can, it's available in both. They're 16-ounce cans or 12-ounce bottles. 50% 50% of it is the unfiltered Hefeweizen.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> the other 50% is basically like if you made a Shandy, and it's the grapefruit-flavored drink in there. Okay. Now, it's colored with the cochineal extract to give it that reddish, ruby, like ruby-red grapefruit color. Okay. Um, and the reason that, that I'm, I'm pairing these two together is that these are both a great introduction to different things. The comic is—it's a great introduction to whether you're a longtime comic fan or brand new. You're going to get four different styles of art in here, four different four different ways to tell a story, even though it's by the same author. With Schoferhofer, you you're going to be introduced to a beer, even if you don't like beer. The fruit in it is going to help you really like kind of kind of walk into it, go go a little slow. If you are a beer fan, this is so deliciously refreshing, you're going to love it. And then the third thing is you're going to be introduced to cochineal extract. And for most people, <laughs> it's, it's going to be the first time that you've ever consumed a, uh, an insect byproduct.
1: Wow. Yeah. So um,
0: don't let it scare you because bodies is about the, the main thing that ties it together. Is there are four murders in four different times. And don't let the beer scare you just because it's made with bug juice to make it colored pretty. (laughs) They're both awesome. There's a lot of body to the beer. And there's a couple extra bodies in the book. So go get them both.
1: (laughs) Beautifully laid out. But quickly, that's kind of coincidental because, you know what? I was thinking about uh, this bud in a book situation. And uh, I, I was going to actually pair, if came up, which now has to, is a nice great grapefruit indica that's been going around <laughs> and it, no shit i got this a little bit ago and i got it from my guy and my guy was like smell this and normally it's uh it's very common to get blue blueberry fl- flavor you know maybe some watermelon but this shit was straight up grapefruit like breakfast morning grapefruit and i i i just uh, uh, it's just crazy so i was going to pair it with a book called the adventures of superstoner which is a new book that's kind of in the vein of the old, like, uh, 70s cannabis culture books, you know, like Mr. Natural and stuff. And uh, the reason I was going to pair these two up, basically, is because they both make me smile. There you go. And there you go. (laughs) But check them out at uh, theadventuresofsuperstoner.com. It's a cool throwback uh, to that kind of thing. So, very cool.
0: Awesome. Well, I know that you actually pretty much covered all your books from this week. Um, but I do have a few that I wanted to, uh, to, to bring up for last call. So, um, the, the first one actually was a free preview of the dark tower, the drawing of three. Um, and, and the reason that I wanted to bring it up is it's just penciled and inked pages and, uh, no dialogue, no word balloons in it whatsoever. Cool. So, you know, and then it, it's it's actually a flip book.
1: Okay. Does that mean is it because they have not been inserted yet because it's a preview or is this book Son's word bubbles?
0: No. They, they, these are just black and white pencil and ink pages, and some are just pencil pages without inks.
1: Okay. So, all right.
0: So it's just a, it's a preview of the art, but then um, the 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 flip side is um, revenge. Um, you know, which is an original graphic novel hardcover. And so there's actual, you know, lettered pages in here. But I was mostly just really impressed with with the artwork for the drawing of three because I'm a big Stephen King, Dark Tower series fan. Novels, uh, much more than the comics, but what I have read of the comics have been great. Um, Outcast number two. Really good. There's a a, uh, a review of that up on DrunkOnComics.com right now if you want a little bit more. Uh, Low, number one, from Image Comics, uh, uh, from uh, written by Rick Remender, and just fucking gorgeous art by Greg Ticini in there. Uh, there's going to be, a, which actually, I don't know when, but there will be a review of Low coming up on our website as well. Uncanny X-Men, number 24. Um, I I'm happy. I'm getting drawn back into this. Um, and then Ghost Rider, number five, were, were my top books this week. So that Very does groovy. it.
1: Very groovy.
0: Yeah, that does it pretty much for uh, – It Paul.
1: can't do it because never once have you and I not potted – or never once have you and I potted together and not mentioned Tart. Just because it's Tart. Actually, Go yeah, read Tart.
0: We we should. <laughs> uh, Kevin Joseph and, and Ludovic Selle. Um, and I hope I'm saying Ludo's last name right. Um you are,
1: yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, they uh, they just crushed. Their, crushed. Their, their their Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. They, they made Kickstarter. their bitch.
1: <laughs> they totally did.
0: <laughs> uh, what was it? A nineteen hundred dollar goal, and it was like six grand. And they got. I think
1: nine hundred percent funded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something yeah, like some, that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just fucking fantastic.
1: Oh yeah, man! It's it's sensational and so so deserved.
0: Did uh did you see what I what what I did for my pledge?
1: Uh no. What'd you do for your pledge?
0: Uh, original page.
1: Oh, nice. Very I, I, very. Nice.
0: I, I, I'm like fuck it. Ludo's art is so good. <laughs>
1: it is. I'm like,
0: man. and I missed the like the the early bird specials because I was working my butt off that day, and it was like five six o'clock when I looked, and I'm like. They're
1: all gone. I,
0: was, <laughs> I, I saw them. a
1: lot of tweets that day that said that type of thing. Like, what the hell's happening? I've been gone eight hours. And it's like.
0: <laughs> Dude, the thing was fully funded in, I think, three hours.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. It took no time at all. It took yeah. no time at all. And people were so disappointed that they weren't in on the initial funding.
0: <laughs> well, and so so then I sat there and I'm like, okay, for 200 bucks, I can get another full color commission. Or for 200 bucks, I can get an original page. And I'm like, I already got a full-color commission. Let's do the original page.
1: Uh, that's that's cool, man. That will be beautiful to have. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a frame, framing option right there.
0: Well, it will be a high-quality copy and then frame that.
1: Okay, I got you. I,
0: I don't frame any of my original art. I keep oh, I it know? all in the portfolio. I'm terrified of UV degradation.
1: They've come a long way in like the way glass and stuff is made. You know, ninety nine (laughs)
0: percent UV protectant is not not enough. No, (laughs) no, you know it's Uh, it's it's basically it's a condom for your art. Eventually, something's gonna happen. (laughs) You know, something's gonna go wrong. So,
1: Uh, so you just pull it out once in a while and look at it and
0: play with. Oh yeah, speaking of the pull out, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no um what i do is i actually i i go and i get really high quality photocopies made which cost me like maybe a dollar
1: oh yeah for sure
0: and uh then i hang those
1: yeah it's perfect and, man
0: and then if it starts to fade or whatever
1: and make a new I, one
0: <laughs> i go get another one because guess what i got the original yeah I get, do that.
1: That's so, cool, man. That's super cool. Yeah,
0: but Jay, I, I've got to thank you so much for uh, for for stepping up and filling in when uh, you know the rest of those knuckleheads that 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 work with me uh, <laughs> decided that they were all going to leave at the same time because like there's I don't know something with an in law for one of them and then I don't know a family wedding in Florida for the other two. Come on, <laughs> tell your tell tell your family wedding. schedule that that shit around our podcast
1: yeah like where's you know. your priorities people but no it was yeah. it's absolutely my pleasure you know i love you guys and and uh i'll do whatever you need me to do and uh i'll be here when you need me because i'm here for you fellas and well uh, and uh, thank uh, you that... for all the all, all that you guys do from the fans perspective <laughs> thank you for you know this podcast and uh the, all the free funny and such you know
0: well, you know, and 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 now now you're just being like gratuitously complimentary, which you can continue.
1: <laughs> um, <but laughs> I didn't think it was going be uh, that gratuitous.
0: <laughs> for anybody that wants to go check you out, they can go see you at an elegant weapon dot ca.
1: Yeah, that's right. Ca's for yeah. Canada, bitches. <laughs> yeah. And and, uh, uh, and stay tuned uh, for what will be coming up in a month or so. will be uh, a lot of I'm sure cross-potting coverage of Drunk on Comics and an Elegant Weapon at Fan Expo Canada. It,
0: it's gonna be off the hook.
1: Yeah, it's I'm gonna be so sure. much fun. I'm just so excited for you guys to see it and just be like, okay, this is a bit, <coughs> this is a bit much.
0: <laughs> oh, we're ready.
1: Uh, I'm we're sure ready. you uh, You guys are seasoned and uh, no better place. I cannot wait till next May and next Motor City. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm oh very God! Like, I'm,
0: I know. Like I, I can't tell you how many people I've already had ask me on social media, in person, emails, "Can it be May yet?
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 totally. Why is
0: Motor City 2015 yet?"
1: Yeah, there's but. lots of good cons to support in between, though. Kids, make sure that you're out there supporting the smaller ones too, because you know they're doing it for the love of it and. Uh, they need the support, so you know. Well, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm. I don't think it's going to be able to happen just because I know your time off is limited. But we're going to try and get you to Grand Con.
1: So, What's Grand Con?
0: September nineteenth through the twenty first at the Crown Plaza in beautiful Grand Rapids, Michigan.
1: Oh my God! I, yeah. I, I have been invited to go down to uh, uh, Pennsylvania for the Great Allentown Comic Con in November. Uh, then I am uh, planning on going to New York Comic Con in October.
0: Well, see now here's the fun part. Grand Con is in our hometown. Yes. So, like you know, when we went, that means barbecues
1: at Bubba's.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, it's. Well, and that's 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 going to be such a great great show. It's you know, it's a smaller show. It's only their second year. um, You know, which is why it's you know they're still doing the hotel thing. But they they already had to move to a bigger location this year after their first year last year they outgrew it instantly. Um, but there's going to, uh, and actually you're going to know a few of the people that are going to be there. Um, Mr. Dirk Manning. Cool. Mr. Seth the Moose.
1: Awesome dude. Uh,
0: Mr. Mark McKenna.
1: Cool, cool, cool. And Mr. Star Ryan Stegman. Wars. Stegman, Stegman. Well, we're going to see Stegman before then. We're going to see Stegman at Fan Expo Canada. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but, uh. But But that's um, cool. That's a fantastic group of uh, Michiganites who do wonderful work down there. You guys have a hell of a community down there in Michigan, and I applaud all of you for the way that you uh, toss the support around some talented people down that way, you know?
0: Yeah, well, you, you got a few talented people up in Toronto. You know, we, got a couple. You, it, we got a
1: couple.
0: Excluding yourself, but. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: Well, I think that's going to do it for us. So, uh, Jay, once again, thank you. And uh, you kids at home, keep reading your comics. We'll be back next week to talk to you more about them then.
1: Take it ish! Up in the sky, waiting for me when I die. But
0: between the day you're born and when you die, they never even hear to see your cry. So as sure as the sun will shine, I'm gonna let my love, what's mine,
1: and then the heart